Hi, and welcome to the CPR podcast. My name is Matt Fisk. I'm the evangelist and campus minister for the Hampton Roads Church. Um, and uh, what you got here is we we have a video podcast as well as you see this big monstrosity in front of me. Uh, we're also doing an audio podcast as well, so that if you don't have the ability to stream it on your phone um, or only want to get the audio, that'll be available to you as well. If you'd like to download the podcast, go to hamptonroadschurch.com backslash campus and follow the link to the CPR section of the website. There you'll be able to find the video podcast, the audio podcast, as well as all the slides that are used in the video podcast. And if still that doesn't work, please feel free to email me at fiskmr at gmail.com. So this podcast, uh, what we're aiming to do is explain uh, this Bible study series that we've started to use here in Hampton Roads entitled CPR. Um, And there's a a medical theme that runs throughout the whole series. But really, the idea is to bring about conversion of seekers, help people become Christians uh, in a way that follows the biblical method as much as we can. Uh, And throughout this this series of podcasts, what we'll be doing is explaining the approach, explaining the scriptures that go along with it, and uh, the way that the way that we're teaching the method and um, the process of how somebody becomes a Christian with this particular method. It's not the only way. We're not saying it's the only way or the only biblical way that's out there. This is just a way that looks to follow the process of conversion. Uh, as close to the Bible as we can possibly get. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, There's really no point in talking about this uh, without really getting to uh, the heart, which is the process of conversion. And we're using medical terminology like CPR uh, throughout the whole series uh, because we're trying to figure out how to bring somebody back to life. Uh, And how this works is that it is hands down the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, To bring somebody from dead in their sins to alive in Christ, there's no way that can happen uh, by anything that humans can do. There's no amount of really clever tricks or great illustrations or fantastically moving stories or even a process or a method of asking questions that can do that no way. Uh, And anything that we do that even remotely resembles that, we have to take a good long look in the mirror and say, do you really think that you as a human are able to bring about supernatural conversion? And we, we just need to make sure that that it's very clear in our minds that what we're really doing is we're bringing about this work of the Holy Spirit to convert someone and bring them from dead in sin to alive in Christ. And it, it really can only be done truly by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we can help people's behavior change for a little bit. We can definitely get people coming to church, reading their Bibles, even praying. But to really have the conversion process of, opening up their eyes, turning from darkness to light, and going from the power of Satan to the power of God, yet that can only be done by the Holy Spirit. And I think we even, we've seen it happen that people, quote unquote, become Christians, but they were converted to the fellowship or they were converted to this friendship. They were converted uh, because they thought it was the best thing for their lives, but their hearts weren't truly converted by the Holy Spirit. And the uh, approach 
that we're going to be outlining and using to really craft this whole series is out of John 16. So let's go there for a second. And uh, in John 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's telling them that he's going to go away and they get sad about it. Of course, they're going to get sad about it. It's Jesus and they've been following him around for three years and it's their rabbi, their teacher, their mentor, and he just washed their feet. So now he knows, uh, they know that, that he, how much he, he really loves them. And here in John 16, uh, he says to them, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. And and the word advocate there is the Greek word for paraclete. Uh, It it actually was used as as a legal term to describe somebody who would come alongside. It's a Greek compound word of paraclete. And basically means to call someone alongside and they would defend you, advocate for you in the court of law. So pretty much someone that was going to help you when you were being accused by everyone uh, for doing a crime. They would come and speak for you. And Jesus here is, of course, talking about the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the one who would be called alongside to speak for us when we need it. And I, th- I think that's actually so comforting to me, uh, particularly if, if you sit down and try to study the Bible with people and they start telling you about their life, lives and, and, and they start telling about this crazy stuff that they've gone through and you kind of sit there and you freeze for a second because let's be honest, we don't know how to fix these problems. There, there are way more complicated things than any of us even have training for, and we, we don't have the ability to change hearts and lives. The cool thing is that we have the advocate, the Holy Spirit, to come and who will not just strengthen us, but can speak for us. And that's the idea. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, will come and speak for. But if Jesus doesn't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. But picking up here, if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong. And what that word is in Greek is the word alenko, which another court term, it means to expose or convict. It means to bring evidence against or to show, hey, this is what's true. Uh, In a lot of NIVs, the older NIV, it'll say, uh, when he comes, he will convict the world. Uh, And so I know when we come away from sermons, lessons, quiet times, uh, and Bible studies, we hope to be convicted. We hope to be exposed uh, so that we can see ourselves. And, And really, if we're not convicted or exposed in some way, then quite possibly the Holy Spirit isn't working. Um, but, but again, what we're trying to do in the study and the process of bringing uh, about conversion is we're trying to get the Holy Spirit to come into people's lives and expose them to be where they are at about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Those three big things. Remember that. Those are the three big pillars about what the Holy Spirit is coming to show you the truth about, to show you how you're wrong, also to expose what is right. And it says about sin, because people do not believe in me, about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Going through each one about sin, because people do not believe in me. So Jesus is going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will say, hey, people don't believe in Jesus. Here's why you should believe about Jesus. 
and here's what you should believe. And here's, by the way, the things that you're doing wrong, the sin that you're getting into to show you where you're at with believing in Jesus and truly God. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. Jesus, while he was here, he was the model. He was uh, the example of righteousness. And when he goes, he's going to be the Father. You can't see his righteousness any longer. So the Holy Spirit is going to come and say, hey, going to give you those, not just nudges, but it's going to teach you what to say here. Here is righteousness. Let me teach you how to be righteous even when I'm not here. And then judgment because the prince of this world stands condemned. Hey, I'm going to show you who's in and who's out, who's going to make it to heaven and who will not. I'll show you my people and not my people. And here's the great part about all this, that this comes about from the Holy Spirit convicting us. The Holy Spirit shows us the truth, which doesn't mean that we sit here and we don't have to do anything. No, what it just means is that if you're a disciple of Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit, you have what it takes to do this. It's not a matter of fun examples or illustrations or which wing of the airplane is more important. No, it's a matter of how much the Holy Spirit is coming in and convicting the people that we're studying with to show them about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Um, and, and to, to go a little bit further into the idea of, of CPR, um, and this is just kind of a little cool thing when you are doing real CPR on somebody, uh, you, what you're trying to do is restart their breathing. Interestingly enough in Hebrew and in Greek, the Hebrew word, and you see it in your slide here, the one on the top is the Hebrew word Ruach. And the one below is the Greek word pneuma. Both of those two words mean breath, wind, or spirit. And so when you read in Genesis 1 how the Spirit of God was hovering over the water, it's this word, ruach. And when you read in um, uh, in John 8 in the New Testament about how the wind blows where it pleases, that's actually the Greek word pneuma. Both of them mean spirit. And so just to bring this all together, what we are trying to do is trying to introduce people to the Holy Spirit of God, the Ruach, the Pneuma, the Spirit of God, which uh, is the breath of God. And so it's just kind of a little cool thing how even linguistically, even how the language is, hey, what we're trying to do is get people to start breathing, not on their own, but through the very Holy Spirit of God. And it needs to be in our minds that what we're doing is introducing people to the Holy Spirit. That's the most important thing, to get our little clever teachings and sayings, phrases, stories, whatever, and really bring the Holy Spirit as much as we can, because that's what's going to restart people's breathing and bring them to a point where they are not dead in sin, but then alive in Christ. So just kind of a cool little thing. Um, But back to the three main points, the three main pillars of what the Holy Spirit does. Um, It's going to come to convict the world with regards to sin, righteousness, and judgment. And what happens, each one of these things, we've kind of put a basic purpose behind each one of these. So with sin, and they all start with C, so you can remember them. The Holy Spirit comes to convict you of sin, to call you to righteousness, whether that's belief in Jesus, belief in the Bible, or following in Jesus' footsteps, and offering the cure from sin 
and judgment. So it comes to convict you with regards to sin, to call you to righteousness, and to cure you from what is, um, frankly, damning judgment. Um, and that that's really what our study series, CPR, revolves around. But as we studied it out, we started to notice that the pattern of how the gospel is preached, it still revolves around these three, but it's in a little bit of a different order. Actually, righteousness tends to come first. So it's actually people are called to righteousness, convicted about their sin, and then offered the cure to judgment. Uh, let me uh, let me show you what I mean. Go real quick. And in Acts 2, it starts off, and this is in starting in verse 30, it says, but he was a prophet. This is Peter preaching, and it goes all the way back to verse 15. So from verse 15 to about verse 35, Peter is just preaching about Jesus. And he's just talking about who Jesus is, why they should believe in him, how he fulfills scriptures. And here it says, but he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne, talking about David. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, and he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And so they're calling people, Peter's calling people to believe in Jesus. See, look, he fits the promise. He fits the prophecies. He fits all this stuff. And then here in the conviction part, where we get to stuff that we know pretty well in verse 36, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. So here it's actually a bit of a mixture of call to convict. It's the pivot point of, hey, God has made this Jesus, both Lord and Messiah, a call to follow him, to listen to him, uh, to believe in him, but to convict them and say, hey, you guys crucified Jesus. Your sin killed the Messiah of God. And it says they were cut to the heart, convicted out the wazoo about what they had done. And they say, brothers, what shall we do? They are convicted of their sin. And so you see very clearly the call, then they're convicted, and then Peter offers the cure. What shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And there it is. What should we do? Repent and be baptized. You'll get the forgiveness of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Call, convict, cure. Very clear. Very simple. This is how it works. But it would really be easy to say, hey, that's one example. Or, hey, yeah, shoehorn whatever you want into whatever kind of approach. There's so many different other ways to look at it. True. But this is actually the pattern as we started to look throughout the, throughout the mission, throughout the book of Acts and even in the book of John. This is the case in John 4 where Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. He calls her to speak to her and calls her to listen to him and then convicts her of her sin and then offers the cure of, hey, I'm the Messiah. It happens in Acts 13 
in Pisidian Antioch, where Paul is preaching to the synagogue week after week after week. It also happens in Acts 17, where Paul is preaching to the men of Athens. He calls them to listen, he convicts them with their sin, and then offers the cure of Jesus. Those are very clear examples. And then in Acts 8 with uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, this seems to be the case as well. Acts 7 with Stephen uh, addressing uh, the crowds there, same thing. And even in Acts 26. This is the pattern to call people to righteousness, to convict them of your sin, and then to offer the cure in Jesus. Go back and study these out. Go back and just take a look and see what's there. This is the process that is used in general broad strokes. Uh, And again, I'm not saying this is the only way that people can help people become Christians because we've obviously seen that not to be the case. This though, however, gets us in the mindset that, hey, let's follow the biblical pattern and allow the Holy Spirit to do what it's supposed to do, which is call people to righteousness, convict them of their sin, and offer the cure to judgment. And so, righteousness, sin, and judgment, the way that we've packaged this is call, problem, resolution. So that righteousness, you're called to righteousness. Sin, hey, your problem is not that you haven't gone to enough church. Your problem is not that you are not reaching out to enough people. No, your problem is sin. You're not going to church, reading your Bible, sharing with uh, people because of you're not having enough discipleship. It's because of sin. There's some kind of sin that's getting in the way there. And the resolution to your problem is found not in more of your own righteousness, because that doesn't exist. Don't do more discipleship. It comes in the resolution of Jesus on the cross, repentance and accepting grace in the waters of baptism. So that's what it looks like. Call problem resolution. And so what we've done, call problem Resolution, C-P-R. Put it together, C-P-R. Call problem resolution, bringing people back to life. And uh, this is the process of conversion, how someone comes back to life. This is our approach and how we're helping people become Christians. And I think it's really important, as even as we study this whole process out and as we un, un, not unveil, but kind of present uh, the way that we're going about doing this, we need to ask ourselves the question, how have I been trying to help people become Christians? How have I been trying to help people come back to life in the spiritual realms? Do I really believe that it's the Holy Spirit doing it? Or have I been trying with really, really great friendships? If I just have enough fun with people, if they just feel my love, which is so important, if they don't feel your love, then the Holy Spirit probably doesn't have the, the, the place to work in, uh, in their hearts and show them what righteousness looks like. If there's not love, there's no point. We know that in 1 Corinthians 13. Maybe part of it is that you think, if I just have these great, great stories or analogies, uh, it, maybe it's the two wings of the airplane with life and doctrine. Um, maybe it's the pile of pennies, uh, analogy with, uh, you know, if you look at it from above a pile of pennies for different people look the same, it's the same with your sin. Maybe it's the, if there's three people that jump off the grand Canyon and one makes it further, then you still die. Whatever these things, there are so many different stories that you can tell that you can explain that have the ability to, to work. But if people aren't converted by the Holy Spirit's power, then it's doomed to fail. 
the only thing that lasts and can really bring someone back from the dead is the Holy Spirit. And so as we do this, uh, really think for you, has your greater conviction being, let me in, arrange a, a, an introduction between the Holy Spirit and this seeker, or has it been, I'm presenting more of me? And how we do that to present the Holy Spirit more is we learn how to handle scripture properly. We pray our guts out for people and we live a life that is completely driven by the Holy Spirit. Um, And we'll talk a ton about that as we go throughout. But uh, this is the first installment of the process of conversion um, with more to come on each each study, each um, part, the call, problem, and resolution, and helpful hints of how to how to figure out um, if somebody really is seeking, and uh, a few other things we, we call it bump busting, helping people overcome what's that last thing, whether it's family problems, whether it's pet sin, uh, what have you, but how to really bump up those last or uh, bust up those last bumps uh, that can stop people from becoming Christians. So hopefully this has been helpful for you. We'll keep bringing these to you. Thanks so much. And as we learn CPR, uh, please don't hesitate to email with questions, to comment, um, and even let's get a dialogue going because there's definitely not one way to do this. uh, But what we really are aiming for is helping people become Christians. 